Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 83. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here, as usual, with my colleague, my site editor, my partner in crime, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. I'm so excited to be in here after Thanksgiving to be in Chernobyl with you to discuss more InfoSec matters, issues, controversies, definitely controversies today. We've got a doozy, Peter. This was dropped right before, uh, actually two days before Thanksgiving, a nice pre-Thanksgiving news drop. Uber paid hackers to delete uh, stolen data that was, that, that was taken from their network via a, a, some type of uh, uh, cyber intrusion. And they paid the hackers apparently $100,000 to delete the info, which included data on 57 million uh, users, consumers, and some, uh, I think, 600,000 uh, drivers' information, drivers li- some drivers' license numbers, names, things like that. Now, the, the, the circumstances of the case are, uh, they're, I don't think they're that important, Peter, but we should, we should cover this real quick because we've heard this story before. So Uber said that, uh, and, and I, I should note, the, uh, the, the story of this breach was broke by uh, Bloomberg. They were the first to report on this, and it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Obviously, Uber has a sort of a troubled reputation, Peter. A, you could say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did say that. <laughs> but according to the, the, the story that Bloomberg wrote about this, this matter, two uh, threat actors accessed a private GitHub site used by Uber developers, and they were able to obtain credentials, and that led them to access Uber's data on an AWS account. And that's how they were able to get the data. They discovered you know, archives of both you know, user or customer data and driver data as well. And they made off with it. So let's start there real quick. I mean, how many times have we heard about companies doing stuff on GitHub or, or any other site, like accidentally just like leaving their credentials or worse, their encryption keys in these code repositories and just exposing themselves inadvertently? Or an AWS bucket, an S3 bucket. Oh yeah. But I mean, we've heard a, about we've heard a lot about we, those. Thank, and, thanks thanks to Chris Vickery. Yeah, and, and we're guard. we're still hearing more. But the the, uh, the Grim Reaper of yeah. <laughs> cloud exposures. He's a guy you don't want to hear from. No, no, I, I know we've company. talked about this before, but yeah, Chris Vickery is becoming the uh, the the uh, equivalent of uh, the Tavis Ormandy, who I affectionately refer to as the the Grim Reaper. When you see him tweeting cryptically about, oh, made a big find, you know, Friday afternoon, you start to panic. Please don't be me. Right. Or, or when he, when he asks to, to, uh, on Twitter, goes on Twitter to ask for a, con- a security contact at your company. Yeah. That's, that's not good news. Yes. Could you have someone? <laughs> oh yeah. If that, if that happened to us, I would, yeah, I plan on taking a long vacation. But, but, 
But seriously, though, mm. I, I mean, we have seen this a lot, but does that surprise you that it's a bad it's not don't companies know better by they now? well okay so there's 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 best practices and best practice would say i mean i don't even have to know whether there's a best practice a specific best practice sure, that says sure. don't leave your credentials in a publicly accessible cloud service yep or um, but I, but i mean i have heard when i was looking in when i was learning programming the the instructors or the or the uh, uh, material, you know, whoever's instructing would always point out that you've got to be careful about security issues. You've got to be careful about injection. Yeah. You've got don't leave your credentials in your code. Like don't put your password and your user ID in the code. Yeah. In clear text that is accessible. Um, so best practices. Yeah. You know, we all we all can say that. And I I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of jumping up and down on these people for, for oh, doing no. bad things no. because. Because you know everybody's a human. We all have yeah. our foibles. Yeah. We all have our draw. You know our, our 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 strengths and our weaknesses. And we all try to do the best we can. I hope, but you know, some people are not doing this. Some people are working harder at it than others. And and here's here's a case where does this ever happen at Google? Mm, I mean, it may have. It, you, we we don't know that it hasn't. But right, but. But so, so that's the thing. I'm going to assume that Google has a very, very deep and, and broad uh, defenses. So that if, if they did something like this, it might be behind more defenses that keep it private. Yeah, some type of scanning that sort of looks for, you know, before the stuff gets dropped in like a GitHub or something like that. You know, well, scans I mean, for keys or SSH keys or encryption keys or... Or emails, or logins, or I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, GitHub is a is a public service. It's a, it's yeah. a cloud service, and it's for and if you're using it to maintain your proprietary code, that's probably not a best pro a, a best well, uh, practice. I, I agree with you there. I, I I will reiterate this important note in the story. We don't know how the attackers accessed the. It says a private GitHub coding site used by uber software engineers so we don't know what was you know how it was how it was private uh, okay how so is it separate uh, separated from the you know the, the public site or how the attackers were able to access it the story doesn't really go into that and neither does uber's statement on it so we don't know i mean if you're a big organization and you're running your own development teams mm. um I guess it's a convenience to use a service, but if I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm going to guess that Google does not use even a private GitHub site. I'm sure, because Git is not that hard to set yeah. up. You can set up a server, you just, you know, you, you run the, the code and yep. install it and you're there. Um, and attackers know to look on GitHub for things. They do now. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. In fact, I mean, it's, it's interesting we should bring this up because this week there's a there's you know this ongoing trial between uber and um, uh, google or pardon me alphabet uh, their self-driving uh, car unit waymo they're involved in a legal battle waymo is going after uber and one of the things that's come out in this trial and sort of the preliminary stages is that a couple of former i think current and former 
Uber uh, personnel on the technical side or security side have said, you know, Uber routinely searches through through GitHub and, and code repositories of you know for competitors possibly leaving you know passwords or credentials or anything like behind or, or proprietary code behind and they scoop it up and you know we don't know if that's true but it is ironic that if that's if that's something that Uber was doing regularly that someone turned the tables on them and took advantage of of their own of Uber's own mistake in that regard so. Uh, but it, you know the, the the details of the breach aside, I, I did want to talk about sort of the bigger picture of this incident because I think it's I think it's easy to sit back and say, oh look at Uber, here's a company that's got a, a, a history of allegations of or not al- not just allegations but sort of you know proven uh, incidents of skirting regulators unethical behavior, sort of just dirty business practices. And and they've gotten in trouble for it. And it's easy to sit back and say, well, here's Uber at it again. And I think there may be something to that, but I also think it may be time to look at this in sort of a broader perspective and say, well, how many companies may be doing this type of thing where they're covering up the, the, the breach? of of their systems and and the theft of millions of individuals personal data that's i i mean i think we both feel like that happens like we both heard about this happening with cyber attacks or malware or ransomware especially where people have been hit with it and and it just kind of you never hear about it in the public sphere but people kind of talk about it at events and so on and so forth but I'm wondering, like, this story, the Bloomberg story, basically says, you know, this was, and, and Uber backed this up in their own statement that basically, the uh, CSO Joe Sullivan, who is no longer with the company as of you know the the news of this coming out, and another executive, basically took it upon themselves to cover this up and pay the hackers, and they they made contact with the hackers. We don't know how. They paid $100,000 to them. We don't know the specifics of that. They signed non-disclosure agreements. And they and, and it was in an effort to just basically wipe all of this, like any trace of this incident and sort of the, the interaction between the two parties off the map. And so, Peter, do you think that that's something that probably goes on more than we think? Yeah, I, I do. And I, and I think you do, too. Well, because I'll, I'll get into my it. perspective. Yeah. But I want to hear your perspective. Okay, so, so my perspective is that I think that there's a lot of instances of breaches, ransomware, malware, um, cyber events, let's mm. call or, or incidents, information security incidents, whatever you want to call them. Um, we're not, you know, we as a culture are not used to dealing with these things. Like if, if somebody came in with a gun and, and held up a bank, You'd hear about it, right? Because how could you not? How could you not? Well, actually, because they don't they don't publicize those things that much anymore. Because when when bank robbers were going on the front page all the time, it, copycats, yeah, there's, right? Yeah, copycats. That's right. Yeah, that's the, I mean, there w- there was a bank robbery two doors down from from a place that I worked at twenty years ago, and it 
like we never read about it in the paper or, or maybe there was a, a paragraph somewhere but they try to keep it they, they don't want people copying they don't want people afraid to come into the bank either. exactly yeah. so um, so for all that but but to get to the to the point is that a cyber event or an incident is different from somebody you know somebody coming into a bank with a gun that's a big deal and it's clearly a crime yeah. somebody coming into the bank through the computer network and disabling a computer or all the computers in a branch or all the computers in the whole company th these are different now all the each of those three things is a different scope but they're the same thing yeah now if I don't report a single computer getting ransomed then do I need to report the br you know like our small branch getting ransom ransomware um, so there's and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even talking about whether it's whether it's right or wrong or people are trying to cover things up so much as that some people I think like for example one of the one in the first instance I heard of, of, of an organization being hit with ransomware and just paying it was at an event and when the person who made the comment was asked about it by a reporter all of a sudden, it became. Oh, wait a minute! I can't. I wasn't really, supposed to say. I wasn't that. supposed to say. Oh, that. did I say that <laughs> we were hit with ransomware and we paid? No, 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 no. no. Right. And that was someone else. Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to go on the record with that, especially right. because they're trying to do what's best for their customers, their clients, their their employees, yeah. and their members. I understand that, but when so when is a when is a breach not a a, a breach? Like, you know, how do you know the data hasn't been exfiltrated? How do you know that it's just a ransomware attack? That's something that's really tripped me up. Because like you, I've heard, I mean, I've been at events this year where people have sat down, you know, you, you roll into the, the, the hotel ballroom for breakfast and people are sitting down and you start talking about the latest goings on in InfoSec. And inevitably, it turns to ransomware, and someone says, "Well, I know, uh, you know, X uh, uh, person who works at a financial services firm or a hospital, and they got hit with ran ransomware, and they were down for two weeks, and they paid." And and I, I'm, I, you know, you sit there and you think to yourself, "Well, I, I didn't hear about any organization being down for two weeks. I didn't hear about any, or, you know, uh, uh, a bank in, in, in the Midwest uh, getting the FedEx treatment." Um, not FedEx, but their subsidiary that got hit with the, the ransomware back right. in the spring. Um, so so it, it happens a lot, but I, I, I don't know if any of the data breach notifications, uh, notification laws, I don't know if anything like GDPR, I don't know if they distinguish technically between, you know, just a simple ransomware attack, uh, a ransomware attack, or a, an intrusion uh, or, or exposure of data, exfiltration of data, I, I, I don't know. And that's gonna be a big question when you're facing you know, millions of dollars worth of, of fines and sort of parsing this, you know? Well, so for example, if your dentist's office gets hit with ransomware, they have, I mean, they're, it's a private, a, a private group, it's a private citizen who's a dentist, that person has their computers, maybe they get ransomed, may, maybe they get, uh, wiped or, or data taken, whatever it was, but that's a private organ, it's a private entity, and they don't have, we don't yet have uh, regulations that say, 
if you are a private entity that you're provide that you've got data that belongs to somebody else on your systems that you've got to do take some action when there's been a breach or an incident um, we're not quite there yet but we do when the when the the victim is rather than a dentist is uh, let's say uber or you know some other publicly traded company you've got regulations that you've you know when things happen you've got to report it so for example one of the one of the fallouts from the Equifax breach was yeah. that uh, there was very there's a, a great deal of concern over the the insider trading uh, allegations yep um, so insider trading allegations are, are are very serious you can wind up in in jail for yes. a reasonable amount of time in federal prison yep. as a as a white collar offender and so you don't want to you don't want to do that but the, the the lines are still very blurry we don't have regulations we don't have legislation on on how you, how uh, how to respond to a breach i mean what if your computer got got breached do you have do you have a, a, a do you have a, um, an obligation to report it to to tech target i mean i mean that's company policy i don't know if that would sort of you know, bleed over into compliance or law enforcement. I guess if I had sensitive data on my machine, which I probably don't, but maybe actually, maybe I need to do an audit. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're you may not have put any pri any any sensitive or, or or restricted data on your computer, sure. but let's say somebody uh, subverted your computer through your home network. Yeah. You took it into the office, and then they oh, sure. pivoted into our organization, and then you took it home again. But all you see is the ransomware notice. So, and and how many? Yeah, and how many examples of of incidents like you just described are people sitting there going, "Oh, it was just ransomware, and we paid, and we know, and we we got our data back, and we're good, and we're good. It's all good." But there's no there's no guarantee that the the attackers didn't take the data, copy the data, use the data, sell the data, change I mean, the data, change the data too. I mean, yeah, data manipulation is a a growing concern. Uh, I mean, the way I, I I look at this is I look at this two ways. A company like Uber should have known better to not do this, mm -hmm. but I think there's probably an, a fair number of smaller businesses, less tech savvy businesses. Maybe they don't have a full-time CISO. I mean, Joe Solomon was was the CSO of Facebook for about five years before this. He worked at he worked in security at PayPal before mm -hmm. that. The guy knows what he's doing. I don't I don't know how, I don't know what he was thinking. And I think we're going to probably get a pretty good idea as this goes along and lawsuits are, are filed and legal action is taken. Just what went on, you know, just what went on here because this is this. This stinks, quite frankly. I mean, I know the New York Times did a follow-up story where they, I think they figured out that the the hundred thousand dollar payment they made it look like it was a bug bounty payment to hide it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, that's that's bad. It, yeah, because because that the cover up of the of the first offense. Yeah, is bad, but going, you know. There's no laws that, or, or are there laws that say that you have to disclose a, a, 
in California, incident? yeah, there's okay. oh a ransomware. I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, but there's definitely a data breach notification law in California where they're headquartered. So, but the thing is that whether there is or not, there there, if there is, it's not a very old regulation. I no, mean, we're we're you don't have people who have been dealing with that, living under that regime of reporting for 20 or 30 or 40 years. Exactly. But there's like, there's been laws against fiddling the books for ever. Yeah. And there's like, when you become an accountant, you've got to pass all these tests and certifications to make sure that you know what is right and what is wrong. I mean, that's $100,000. I mean, people have been fired. CEOs have been fired for for fiddling with their accounting, fiddling with their travel and expense reporting and their, and their, I mean, Mark Hurd, I mean, HP, I mean, HP got rid of him for other reasons, but that was one of the things they hung on him was, you know, improprieties with travel and expenses. Mm -hmm. I mean, so yeah, I I don't know what what they were thinking there with that. I mean, it's $100,000 of company money and I don't know why or how they expected this to remain secret. Uh, those details are going to come out, I'm sure, at some point. But I, I do think that you know if there's a, if there's a guy like Sullivan who's been doing this a long time, if he's going to do something like this, then is it possible that this isn't just an isolated incident with Uber, and that there could be other CISOs out there who definitely know better, but may do something like this or have done something like this, I think it's a pretty a pretty good possibility that that's the case. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, tar and feather all CISOs up there because I don't think it's it's probably not widespread, but what I what I do worry about almost as much as that is like I said, the the, the tech the, the companies that aren't tech savvy, smaller companies, they don't have a full time CISO. They don't know whether the data has been exfiltrated or not. They think it's just a ransomware. They might not even know if it's ransomware or not. And they just pay the money and they keep it quiet. And lo and behold, the hackers, whoever they are, they have the corporate data. And it's, and, and the company doesn't know any better. And because they kept it under wraps, they didn't report it to law enforcement, they didn't contract somebody to come in and do a full review of their of their systems and do f- a full forensic in- investigation. They don't know, and I wonder like how many how many companies out there are are afraid of going public, afraid of admitting that they've been the victim of an attack like that, and they just keep it under wraps. There's a pretty broad vein of larceny through going through pretty much most of humanity through most of time, and that I mean. Not everybody's a crook, and not everybody, given the opportunity, becomes a crook. Right. But a lot of them do. Um, I mean, that's that's what keeps our justice system in business. Uh, so we're talking about in, uh, information security right now, but I can think of another example of a, of a big, uh, respected organization that went completely off the rails morally and caused major damage to themselves and the world. I'm talking about Volkswagen. Oh yeah, yeah. With, with the, the, their diesels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're hanging it on relatively low-level guy people, mm. but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. They, sure, uh, sure, exactly. But I, don't, I mean, and I they did that to skirt regulators. I mean, they did that to avoid to save the company money. I mean, how much money? I don't really know, but well, well 
but even more than that, they did attempt to make money by oh, selling to make this, money. Yeah, this, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just a, a miscue. It wasn't just trying to maximize profits somehow. I mean, it was like we're gonna, we're gonna. Uh, I I'm trying to get past the word that I want to use, but we're gonna mess things up here. Yeah, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna be raking in the Benjamins, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, so so yeah, I th you know I think that there's a lot at the lower and smaller businesses where um, smaller organizations where where they don't even really understand the issue yeah. because it's so new. Yeah. And I think that in in a lot of the larger organizations where they sh they must know better because they're publicly traded, for example. Um, I mean, I, I guess it comes down to. It, it, it comes down to, you know, smaller companies might not have the acumen or the experience to know better in these cases, but someone's got to start telling them whether it's regulators or other security companies or whoever. But the companies of Uber's, you know, profile and size and technical acumen, they should know better. And I just... Well, I wonder how many companies out there are doing what what Uber just did uh, and how many would if faced with a major breach that was going to cost them a lot in reputation and potential. Um, I mean, I mean, certainly legal action is in, of some kind with the, with the government, uh, government regulators and potentially Congress. I mean, they're already under the gun at Uber. So. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more details about the particulars of this episode. But for now, Peter, thank you for discussing this with me. Always great to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.